0: In the immortal words of Prince, dearly beloved, we are gathered here to get through this thing called life. I want to start this podcast episode with a quote, as I'm often want to do, that I hope will set the stage for our conversation. This one comes from Walt Disney, who says, I have been up against tough competition all my life. I wouldn't know how to get along without it. And I think that's true. I think that our lives are oftentimes defined by the contours of what we're up against. That sometimes having to compete in the stakes of life Makes us better, and that sometimes we sharpen our skills, we sharpen our our abilities, and we push ourselves harder because we know we have to compete than if there was nothing at stake. no game is worth playing if there's nothing to lose right or nothing to win so Although competition can be really, really devastating to the point that it can really ruin a situation or ruin a career, even. We do need competition in our lives because it it kind of helps define us socially. How do I know what I am without comparing myself to others? How do I know how good I am at something or how I could improve on something without the competition of others? So I think that Walt's right. I don't know if I've been up against a tough competition all my life or not, but I know that certainly in the fields that matter, I want to be competitive and I want to compete in a way that I know that when it comes to the recognition of my peers and I'm recognized as being somebody who's really good at what I do and they say, that guy is really good at what he does, then I know that's true because we've competed. And not that I've competed to win, but I've competed to contend. And that's much more important to me. So speaking of competition, I wanted to give an anecdotal story of something from my life that I think is true and will will ring true with you from a very uh, unique perch. So when I was younger, I was very fortunate in that I was granted the opportunity to go to a four-year art school, which means not that I went to a state college and studied art, But I went to a dedicated art institution. For me, it was the Columbus College of Art and Design in Columbus, Ohio, uh, wherein we would study, manufacture, and talk about art at a deep level all of the time. And in order to get into art school, a very competitive art school like that, uh, you have to be Pretty at the top of your game. You have to be above average talent and skill to be considered because the curriculum uh, in that type of program is tough. It's not tough in the same way that it would be in a traditional four year program where you study art. It's tough in a way that, although the curriculum is not all that different. You are competing against other students who are also the very best at the kind of art that they make. You're really against some other people that really know their stuff. So I want to give you a a small anecdotal story about what happens the first week of art school. And I think it will be true that you'll see that this is not just true of art school or art students. It's really true of anybody who has reached a certain level of skill in their life, and what happens when you find other people who are potentially equally skilled, or you may even be outmatched without knowing it until you get there. So the first week of art school, and I've not been in art school for 20 years, but I can almost guarantee you is the same thing happens every semester, is that when the new flock of art students comes into the dorm they bring with them their portfolio of work. This is the portfolio from high school or from um, their, you know, their personal art that they've made, their really best stuff. You know, you have, you have like your top flight art that you know that you could just absolutely hang your hat on this stuff. And for me, I had done some illustrations and some rudimentary graphic designs using, uh, colored pencils and pen and ink and really had worked very hard in high school to uh, get as far as I could in my craft, uh, given my public education. And uh, for me, I was the kid in my art school. Like I was known as that guy. He's the art kid. He's the guy to be. And um, I even had like a, a, a tiny cult following. People really knew my art. And you could tell my art because I came from a, a pretty rural area. So it wasn't hard to be the best in art where I'm from. But still, I was the kid in art school. Man. I mean, I was the kid in high school that was really like the kid. So when I got to art school, I expected for my kind of reign of talent to continue. And I brought my portfolio with me just explain, completely prepared to wow my peers And to set the tone for what's going to come for the next four years. Like, everybody's on notice. Because I'm here now. And I'm probably just about the best, you know, art student that's going to live. And what I found was that everybody else was the best art student in their high school. Everybody there had a lot of talent. Everybody there had worked really hard to get at this point. Everybody there. All 200 students or however many was in our, you know, our class at that time. Uh, really had top flight work. And in my mind, some people's work was far superior to mine. That Although I thought I was really good, there were other people that were like really, really good. And so uh, I noticed that psychologically, over the first couple days of the semester, you would be quick to pull out your portfolio. It's like quick on the draw. You know, they'd be like, this is my portfolio. And you'd whip that sucker out and be like, check this out. And you'd expect the other students to just stand back and like, you know, gasp like, oh, you know, I can't believe there's such talent among us. And instead, they whip out their portfolio and say, well, check this out. And you'd be like, oh, <sighs> you know, you would gasp, right? So after about two days uh, of being in art school, and we haven't even taken any classes yet. I'm not even talking about student work yet. I'm talking about just arriving in the door with bringing what you got. You bring your blanket and your pillow and your clothes and your toiletries and your portfolio. Everybody put their portfolio under their bed. Everybody. Because we all realized very quickly that everybody there was really good. Everybody there had talent. Everybody there was the best kid in their art school or in their high school. And that now the stakes have been raised. And I think that it taught me two lessons that are very important in life. And one is that no matter how good you are at at anything, it really doesn't matter. If it's music or cooking or art or athletics, there's going to be somebody who's better at it than you. Just hang around long enough and you'll find somebody who's going to absolutely smoke you at that skill that you have honed and worked really hard at. Now, that doesn't mean you should stop trying or you should stop performing or that you're not good enough. That's not the point. The point is that just never forget that uh, in art school, you may be an ace, but you're an ace among aces. And so that propelled me to realize that, you know, it's not about being the best. Not always. Sometimes it's just about being somebody who could be considered... A professional among professionals somebody who could be considered a talent amongst talents after that short stint of showing my portfolio and other people doing the same thing we all buried our portfolios because we were all scared of each other I realized that just being able to compete at that level was enough right nobody was gonna win the day even over the four years of art school that I went to nobody actually came out on top and I said well These people are so much better than me at art. They obviously know what they're doing and I don't. We all kind of evened out. We all kind of reached our pinnacle of success in our own areas. And over the course of that, I found that some people were really good at some things and not very good at other things. And things that I was good at, other people weren't necessarily good at. So it wasn't about, you know, being the best. It wasn't about, you know, crushing it. It was really just about being willing to perform, Amongst other people in my field at a very high level and what a pleasure that was. And the other thing I learned was that it's important to remember that. No matter how hard you work at something or how much you want to excel. That our contours are really met by our peers that having gone through art school and competed against these other students in the class that it really sharpened my skills so much if i had remained at the level i was at before i had gone to art school i'd said well i'm a really good artist right i'm i'm really good but i'd not really put myself into the foray of trying to compete amongst other really good artists my art would have never progressed i would have topped out because you know really how good can i possibly be on my own how good can i possibly be without putting my skills up against somebody else's. And so I found that that competition, the healthy competition and wanting to impress my peers really does make me a better artist, makes me a better designer, makes me a better communicator. Because when I have to prove something to somebody else that I want to have their admiration and their respect, I try harder. That's the way that works. So for what it's worth, I hope that you are at the top of your game in whatever it is that you do. And I hope that you find other people who are also at the top of their game and they raise your game to the next level in a healthy, competitive way. I want to end this podcast with a regular segment which I call Tell Me Something Good, which is a story that has been in the news or media that may have escaped your attention because there's so much noise and drama and uh, chaos happening and seemingly in our world on a daily basis. It's quick and easy to lose perspective of that there are good things going on just because we don't necessarily bring them to the front of our mind. So today, coincidentally, is uh, International Men's Day. And I bring this up because uh, although there is some backlash, as you can imagine, and, you know, not unwarranted that do we really need a men's day or don't men get enough attention, you know, in a patriarchal society all the time anyway? All right, fair enough. But uh, I do think it's important to recognize International Men's Day because it's meant to have men focus on issues of mental health and emotional support and role modeling, which are all things that we could use more of. We all need better role models for young men. We all, as men, need to talk more to each other and talk about... Uh, emotional support and being friends to other men being supports to other men and talking about mental health with other men Uh, oftentimes I think in the role of trying to be stoic or tough or um, you know impenetrable men really don't connect with each other on a kind of a softer emotional side because uh, societally, we're somewhat conditioned to not do that, right? You have to be tough, you have to be stoic, you have to be macho and all these things. And so it's easy to fall into the uh, tropes of not really being vulnerable and not really letting people get to know you or not letting, or letting mental health issues affect you negatively and not seeking help because it might make you look weak. So today's International Men's Day, and I encourage anybody who has a man in their life or if you're a man yourself to take the opportunity to, if not talk to somebody about, you know, some of the softer side of being a man and what it means to be masculine in our culture. Um, think about, think about who your role models are and think about who the the role model are, that you are to young men coming up. And are you being a good role model? Are you being somebody that young men can look up to? Uh, to want to aspire to be like you, and I hope that you are because we need you know the next generation of young men are coming up, and we need good men today to make good men tomorrow so Happy international men 's day to all the dudes out there and to uh all the dudes that are doing a good job being good dads, good husbands, good fathers, good grandfathers, good uncles, all those male roles that we fulfill on a daily basis, good mentors. Good coaches, uh, good job. Let's keep up the good work. All right, that's all I have for you for now. Uh, thank you for listening. As always, if you want, you can follow me on Twitter at podcast underscore good, and please subscribe to this podcast to stay on top of all the good stuff in life. Stay dry if you can.